Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. This audio program has been carefully packed to the legal limit with a weekly allowance of non-governmentally approved deep thoughts per square minute of podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Judah and Noah. Okay. Yeah, this will be interesting. I was just realizing that in order to have a assembly of silence moment, we're going to have to do some additional technological wrangling. I mean, it's basically, it's going to sound like... For now, uh-huh. but in post-production, it's going to be awesome. I think we're in business. I mean, I won't be surprised if we talk for an hour and then we hang up and then we're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 Because in case you haven't figured it out yet, we're we're doing a remote recording session using Zoom.us technology. And this is a first for us, so. Yep. So we are deepening our our uh, absorption into the technological oh i was going to say technological nightmare but good lord isn't there a better way of qualifying it what could we call it i i call it realm the technological realm it's a nice neutral term yeah. yes we could even say technological reality because it's clearly not going anywhere anytime soon no it's not so yeah and it has it has worked its way into all aspects of life so just imagine what it would be like to try to live completely without it. I think every now and then you see someone who's trying to do that and you can see what a strain it is on their lives. <laughs> like trying to live out here without a car. Right. Try, you know, there's probably some equivalent to the urban dwellers, right? Like trying to live in a city without money. Similar type of thing in a way, because it's currency. We're talking about what's currently going on and Definitely, the information technology is what's currently going on. So here we are, wrapped up in the midst of it. Let's provide some good content. What are we talking about? You know, we can we 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 can take full advantage of the technology for good purposes. You know. Okay. (laughs) Convince me. Well, we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. So. <laughs> Although can some we would argue without providing some, some would argue can we, that this podcast is not good purposes. <laughs> some would argue that. I know some people like that very closely, but I'm not yet deterred. Um the question is can we put this technology to good use without actually providing any content whatsoever? I think in some respects that is really the underlying question because If this were a conversation with Marshall McLuhan being the kind of subject and pivot point, it might be said that it doesn't matter what the content is. It's the medium itself that's the message. Right. The medium is the message, right? Yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter what the hell we say on here. Just the fact that we're providing content to the medium is sufficient for our technological duties. Right. I was noticing that we can do stuff like this. Like what happens when I do this? Just out of curiosity. This of course is a visual thing I'm talking about. 
oh, I see it. I can right? see it. And then I can do yeah. stuff like this. So we may have to actually become a video oh. podcast soon. Wait a second. Oh, now I'm like just oh, fucking it up with, right? Yeah. And then I can what say- What the fuck so, are you doing? Oh my God. Doing? Oh my God. This is crazy. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Something. Wow. Look at that. Holy shit. You typed this is crazy on there. That's what I did. <laughs> All kinds of ways of communicating. So we can secretly communicate while we're recording our audio portion and no one will ever know what it is that we're doodling around with. Hmm. I feel better. I feel hey, better end off. of episode. <laughs> <laughs> and take two. Uh, you know, I, so I, your article, your article. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I didn't take notes because I was driving through a, a blizzard uh, when I was listening to it, but, you Probably know. wise. <laughs> it Probably was, not a good idea to listen to that article in the blizzard. No, well, no, it was it. great because I needed to be hyper-focused anyways. And, uh, oh. yeah, because, you know, I had to be like. Okay, yeah, I can picture that. Right? I can picture different types of personalities, either just being like, okay, I can't handle this right now. And someone else being like, yeah, I'm getting into the groove. Yeah, that was me. That was me. All right, good. So your article, yes, your your article was very mind heavy, but I think the topic that you were taking on requires that. It requires that level of, of, um, of mental acuity. And it's, it's not a heart-oriented topic by any means. So, um, yeah. Uh, so for, for anyone who uh, missed last week's episode, we're talking about an article I recently, recently posted to Medium entitled, what the hell is it called? Metaphysical model, a metaphysical model for a conscious universe of timeless change. Something like that, I think. And, um, and I had mentioned something about their, you know, maybe Judah was going to find it a little bit too mind centric. Um, <laughs> but, and, and yeah, you know, it is definitely, well, it's like, it's like, I think Patanjali says something about there's many different paths to the same destination. And one of them is through the intellect. I find an interesting way to go, but it's certainly not the only way to go. And I'm happy to count myself amongst those who doesn't necessarily need to use my head for everything. Mm-hmm. It's optional. It's maybe optional preferred, but it's certainly not necessary for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. That's the truth. And it's and, so, and yeah. What did you think? I, well, I think you know. I thought it was very clearly. You know, here's what I think. You know, I think you're a great writer. I really enjoy reading the material that you write because you write very clearly. You have a, a great capacity for stating your case in a clear fashion and also looking at the potential pitfalls of what you're, what you're throwing out there. So I always mm-hmm. I have a good time reading or, in this case, listening to your, your articles. And, um, well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the potential pitfalls are things, you know, that's, in some ways, the main focus of my attention. 
<laughs> I know you're very concerned about those. <laughs> well, yeah, I, can, I think that whatever it is that I'm putting out there is the result of thinking a lot about the potential pitfalls of everything that I'm confronted with. Right. It seems like uh, that's kind of the story of, well, that's certainly the way that I see things. It's like I, I, I get a sense of what's going on. I'm like, hmm, what could possibly go wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> Darian is a place where you and I differ. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so that's a good that's a good compliment complimentary um, interaction of perspectives. I I would hope. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, what would be the potential uh, pitfall of that kind of interaction between someone who had the predisposition to see things? in terms of their potential pitfalls and someone who uh, was more likely to see the potential opportunities and everything? Is that a fair characterization of your position? I think so. I think that's a good, I think that would be a good way of, of looking at it. I think the potential... So then, yeah. So what What are the potential pitfalls of, of our relationship? <laughs> Stagnation. Like no forward movement. Like if you're like overly concerned about the pitfalls and I'm not, then we may not ever move forward. But I don't think that's the case in this. So Yeah, I don't think that's the case either. So it's a dialectic between these two different points of view. Right. And um, I think that we both have the sense of the value of each other's point of view, um, even if we don't agree with it. So right. that, that I think, I think is, is a great, great way, way of, of moving, moving things forward. forward. So, so tell me what else did you derive from uh, the perspective that I was offering there. Oh. Did I lose you? Oh. Did I just lose you? It seems like uh, Hello. something has happened here, and all of a sudden, I'm the only one talking. Although I see that Judah is still in the participant list, and yet I hear no participation. So I'm going to write it out here for a minute and see whether or not he returns. And if he doesn't, then I'll stop the recording, end the meeting, and try again. Um, and I've pretty much run out of things to say while waiting to see whether or not he comes back. So I guess, oh, there he disappeared. He just disappeared now. Will he return? Mm. Oh, dear. Oh, oh yes, returned. Here, Here he is. is. He's, He's back. back. I don't. I don't. What I don't happened? Know. I don't know. I have no idea what the hell happened. All of a sudden, I was gone. And then I, I, I think I lost my Wi-Fi altogether there for a second. So, huh. you know what happened? A potential pitfall <laughs> became realized into reality. So See, true. Dude? See what so I'm talking true. about? Wait. Now you're gone. Wait. Now you're gone. No. No. I'm. Now still I here. can't hear you. Now I can't hear you. Bullshit. Really? Hmm. Okay, no. this is turning into a, a shit, shit, a shit, shit storm. storm. Can't hear shit. me at all. No, I got you. You're back now. I lost you now for you a know. minute there. I lost you. Boy, for this minute. is going to be this is going to be just like every cell phone conversation I have, where basically it's like, "Hey, can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me? I could hear you a second ago." Huh? Oh, you just can't. Oh, I heard you now. Okay, let's talk about something. Okay, so I start talking about something. Next thing you know, we're disconnected. <laughs> right when That's you get most of it, like right when you get to the meat of it, right? And then all of a sudden it's as gone. Soon as, talk, as soon as you start talking about anything except whether or not the connection is good, <laughs> that's basically the only part of the conversation that comes through clearly. 
the rest of it is just like, okay, I'm guessing that what you're telling me is that this is the time and place of our meeting. (laughs) 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 All right. Where the hell were we? Does anyone care? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Does it matter whether we have a coherent narrative? Maybe we should just, let's have like four or five different topics that we just randomly switch from one to the other. Oh, that's a great idea. Right? One of them is this paper. And then what else? Here. Here, you you surely have something else you want to discuss, right? Wow. There's quite a bit I'd like to discuss, actually. But I, yeah, you know, I've, I've been thinking lately about a couple of things, to be honest with you. Okay, please do. And, and one of, one of okay, please do. Please. <laughs> one of those, uh, so these three things, the three things are this, how to experience more fulfillment in life. And, and, okay. and I, okay. I see some pitfalls in that. I know, right? Right. But here's, here's the thing. Three different things. Presence. Purpose and mission, or how you serve the world. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Presence, okay. purpose, and mission. Yeah. What is the difference between purpose and mission? Purpose is like um, re- like receiving and honoring like your gift in the world. Like that what seems to you, me like, very closely related to mission. Well, mission would be actually the action of it, the the taking the purpose and applying it. So purpose would be like receiving and honoring your gift. Mission would be taking it and serving the world with it. Well, um, so this can you this have comes, a purpose? This, this, this comes from a friend of mine, my friend Sadu. This is his work in the world, and he, and he's and he's somebody that I've. I've been having some really great conversations with and uh and it's gotten me thinking a lot. And okay. uh and I'm and I'm in the process of creating a course right now called The Three Ultimate The Three Keys to Ultimate Nutritional Fulfillment. And are these the and, three keys? Uh, Presence, purpose, and mission? Well, no, my mine are slightly different. Okay. But they're tied to but they're tied to them. They feed into them. All right, let's hear what they are. Because I think maybe this could be a discussion about threes. There's a lot of threes running mm. around out there. So There's, Yeah, there are some threes, yeah. So for me, the threes, and, and I've broken it down to three levels of nutrition. Okay. Nourishing, nutrition for the body, nutrition for the soul, nutrition for the spirit. Okay. So first, the first key would be how do we nur- how do we really nourish our bodies and and what comes up for me like when i in the work that i do time and time again is one reducing the amount of starchy carbs you eat okay so like grains beans and legumes dairy products like these type, like just foods that are hard to digest and and a lot of dairy um, products are very low in carbs actually um well, yeah. So let me just not, let, let's just say, how about we say, yeah, there's other problems with those. So we're going to say starchy carbs would be grains, beans, and legumes, right? So we want to, we want to get rid of those. 
And then also difficult to digest foods like dairy products, okay? Mm -hmm. Inflammatory foods, let's say pro-inflammatory foods, right? And why? Because you're going to help stabilize your blood sugar. You're going to um, reduce inflammation in your body. And you're going to the third thing. Kind of like lessening the burden. Ease your your digestive burden. Exactly. That's the third, right? So that's that's one key. Or not, I'm sorry, that's not one key. That's one part of one key. Let's just say that, all right? So then the other is increasing your fats, increasing high-quality fats. Why? Because the brain is 60% fat. The myelin sheath of the nerves is fat. Fat is a high-quality energy source. It's a building block for our, our hormones, our sex hormones. Uh, like, you know, um, it's... Uh, the essential for the health of our cell membranes, right? So fat is absolutely critical and we're not getting enough quality of fats, right? So coconut oil, uh, uh, ghee, um, essential fatty acids like fish oils, flaxseed oil, hemp seed oil, these types of things. Um, Quality saturated fats like duck fat or beef tallow, so getting in high quality fats. And then finally, eating a rainbow of colors, right? With a rainbow of colors, you've got increased antioxidant consumption, you have increased food diversity, which means increased phytonutrient diversity, and these and, and small amounts of a wide variety of phytonutrients work in a broad spectrum of action in your cell receptors and to, to make significant physiological shifts. So the more colors, the more diverse your diet, the better off you are in the plant realm as far as that's concerned. So that's like one key, right? Now, if you eat like that... That's basically one in of the, the body realm. We're talking about... Of the, That's the body realm. Exactly. Yeah. This is we're talking about. Yep. So this is the body. This is the densest part of nutrition you're looking at, right? This is the actual food that goes in your mouth. But we have to realize that food isn't just what goes in the mouth, right? There's right. another layer to food. And that layer would be where we start nourishing the life of the soul. And now we're coming kind of into like what, what I talked about in the talk. Uh, that we've done previous things on, but I, I just I want you to bear with me here on this. So now in the life of the soul, we're looking at like, we're looking at mm, our sense impressions, right? Mm-hmm. Our yeah. senses are what's going to form our thoughts and our feelings, which are going to inform our actions in the world. Right. And so, so, Sense experiences, in my, in, from my perspective, serve two main roles, and that is one, nourishment, and two, helping us stay more present in our experience of life. When our senses are nourished in a healthy way, we tend to be more embodied, we tend to be more present, and that goes a long way, right? There's presence. You have more presence in your life. Mm -hmm. If you are ingesting a ton of fast-moving media that's violent, that's negative, and you got to realize we were digesting these sense experiences. We have to digest them. 
Right. That's a lot of that's a lot of junk food going in. There's a lot of junk food going into our senses these days. Think pop music. Think um, you know, like gangster rap, which is uh, super popular. Like just think, you know, there's we are bombarded by negativity, fear, the news. Uh, uh, you know, if you go to the movies anymore and you watch the previews, oh my god, it's just like yeah. violence after violent after violent movie. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's and fear-based, right? But yeah, so, so we have to digest. That ties in with the, with the whole concept in the paper of like consciousness is basically a information processor. So. Right. Process all that stuff in one way or another, whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously, that still is part of the conscious process. So even if it's background noise, it's still having an effect right. on some part of your basic facility, your you could say your soul facility. Although okay. I would say I like the word psyche better. I'm kind of like we we yeah. the three that we've spoken about many times, you know. So yep. reserving I can roll with psyche. Yeah, I mean psyche is kind of that thinking experiencing part you know that that uh emotional um kind of the individual experience right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah we're confronted yeah. with all these various experiences and many of them are now through this information technology so part of the thing that we were acknowledging at the outset of this episode that we are basically swimming in this virtual realm now various ways the reality we have some degree of control depending upon where we are when you're in a public space it's amazing how little control you have over the environment that you're in and of course many people spend most of their time in a public space you know those of us who are lucky enough to have a private space we can decide what we're going to pollute it with when we're listening to this or that or watching what have you um exactly but of course you can spend an awful lot of time as i do honestly absorbing information that's not necessarily violent or negative i mean sometimes it might be negative and there might be negative aspects to it but there's a wide range of different types of information out there and again the question comes like well fundamentally from a marshall McLuhan point of view is there a substantial difference between a super violent program and one that's uh not you know <laughs> you can make it I, I would say yes there is i would say absolutely yes there is yeah, I'm not sure. I think from a McLuhan point of view, he would say not so much as you might think. I think someone like Jerry Mander, too, who wrote uh, Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television, he also sees the technology as being the primary thing and that, you know, secondary to that is whatever the programming material happens to be. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think it's a worthwhile perspective. It's definitely, uh, there's a real point being made there, and I think it's a significant one. But I also think it makes a huge difference I- what it is that you choose to watch or listen to. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I can't get behind uh, that something that's not violent and and potentially um, uh, rich and fulfilling that you're watching, like maybe a show on nature or something like that, uh, is isn't significantly different than a horror movie. I, I just can't get behind that because of what happens in the physiology, the difference in the physio- what the difference in what happens in the physiology between the two. Well, I think that probably if I was going to continue to try to make the case for those guys, I'd I'd say something like, well, there may be a a subjective experience that's somewhat different, but uh, objectively, someone is basically 
sitting there absorbing electromagnetic signals and being strongly influenced by them, you know, in one way or another. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you could make the case that it's just as bad to see a nature documentary that is kind of like turning all of nature into a museum piece as it is to watch a, uh, a horror movie where, you know, people are being hacked to bits. It's, it's sort of like you could make the case that, beautifully made nature films are like cameramen and documentary filmmakers running around out there trying to catch the last remaining bits of awesome nature before it's all just in the virtual realm, because that is in essence what's been happening in terms of our influence on the natural world. I saw something recently that was fucking, I'm sorry to turn it in this direction, but damn it, I'm the other guy on the other end of this podcast. So I saw something recently that was a pie chart of the um, biomass of different types of life forms on the planet. Now, I have no idea whether this is accurate or not, and I'm probably not going to remember the numbers correctly, (laughs) but I'm going to say that (laughs) roughly... uh, I'm going to say roughly 50% of the biomass was livestock. And then another 40 some odd percent was human beings and the rest of it was wildlife. Now, again, I have no idea if that's accurate or not, but if it is, I mean, just to think of the concept is pretty interesting, right? It's something that uh, is circulating in the, in the media of the vegan world. So you could probably find Mm -hmm. it relatively easily. Uh, and I guess if I had my shit together, I'd look it up right now so I could share it with you. Let's see whether or not I can actually accomplish that. So I will stop interrupting you in a second here. But, uh, but yeah, it's quite possible that, <laughs> that we have already diminished wildlife to the point where it's a negligible percentage or maybe a very uh, kind of minority percentage of what's happening on planet Earth, which is a real freaking wake-up call when you think about it. And now, back to you, Judah. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. And I, <laughs> but I, what I want to say though is that you still can't say that there's like mm, there's still a radical difference between watching nature, watching a nature program. Like everything you just said is is, is legitimate, perhaps, but it's all interpretation. That's all interpretation. You're assuming that somebody's going to be having these thoughts about nature, like, oh, it's being turned into a museum. Like, that's a story. But if I am watching a nature program, and whether it's, whether it's documentarians running around trying to capture the last bit of nature before it's gone or not, that's not in my awareness as I'm watching a nature program that's yeah, filling it may or may not be. It may or may not be. But well, what you're saying is that from the psychic. Here we go. Let, let me finish. Once again, that's all still an interpretation. The effect that that watching nature is going to have on my physiology is radically different than watching somebody get cut up into pieces in a horror movie. Well, it's it's different, but it's only different from the point of view of the individual experiencer. In other words, each individual is having their own particular psyche experience in relation to to the medium, to the... uh, And I I, I would be shocked if somebody said, watching that nature show filled me with such horror and dread I could never possibly imagine 
watching that again, you mm. know? Uh, uh, com- you know, like, like I felt like I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I watched that, you know, movie about the uh, beauty of, of tropical rainforests or something like that, you know? Right. And, so, and clearly there is a experiential difference there, but when you look at the kind of, what's the right way of putting it? When you look at the aggregate, like it may be that unfortunately, okay, this is terrible. I, I really even shouldn't just, I shouldn't say what I'm going to say next. Well, you know, we are straying way <laughs> off here, but let's get, let's keep going. Which what I'm famous saying, by for. the way, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. It's up. Yeah, so, so there is an article here that's on ecowatch.com. Humans and big ag livestock now account for 96% of mammal biomass. Now, I will do some reading and see whether or not this actually makes sense because I do not believe everything just because there's an article about it. Uh, but it's a fascinating thing to consider that, what, 4% of mammal biomass. Okay, so that's a little different. But nevertheless, all mammals, yeah. that's a pretty big category, right? of mammal biomass is humans and our livestock. Hmm. Yowza. Anyway, I won't say what I was going to say because not only do I think it would be just such a big bummer, but I also can't remember what it was, thankfully. So (laughs) please continue. Oh, that's great. So... um, where was I with that? Oh, okay. So, so we were we were talking about the senses as nourishment, right? Yeah. So, so you know, the senses serve two purposes, as far as I can tell. They 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 serve as nourishment, right? We're constantly, you know, we swim. We we are swimming in food like a fish does water, right? Everything that's streaming into us is some sort of of food source for us yeah i mean in the technical terms of the article i was i just wrote uh, i would just call that a signal there are signals because ultimately even signals we're taking is signals to various Mm -hmm. systems within the body it's all just messages right which is going to either be uh something that stimulates us in to well one it's going to have to be digested we're going to have we're, we're going to have to digest these signals you know the, it, everything gets pulled apart picked apart sent to different areas of the brain and then put back together as a complete picture right well, we so could make the whatever you're that, looking so in the terms of the of the talk that I was working with that would be like processing and we could make the argument that there is a lot that kind of goes unprocessed and so one of the problems that people have with digestion is that they have a lot of undigested material that kind of just, and you could say that there's a similar thing happening with information, that it's like a backlog of just shit that never actually really gets dealt with. It's just like, just throw it in there and pack it in and just keep packing it in and eventually you'll need it. And before you know it, there's like a, a concrete brick in there that you can't read anymore yeah. and it can't, you know, you're, it's you're, like impossible to get through the intestines and so. you're constipated, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're stuffed, you're overfed, right? Yep. Think of how hyper-stimulated we are right now. We are oh overfed God. and malnourished on it's every true. level. We're overfed and malnourished on every level. 
But now I wonder to what extent this is substantively different from periods in the past where human beings were just ruthlessly attentive to every detail of what was going on around them. I mean, imagine what it would be like to live in an environment where there were a number of large predators who could at any time take you out. You know, I always think about the deer. Like, it's like they're just the most incredible creatures and and they're beautiful and they live in the wild and it just seems like this is amazing until you realize that they're afraid of everything all the time because the slightest noise and they're just run, you know? So clearly the kind of vigilant mode that there's some kind of relationship now. Like we've we've developed this thing where we're overloaded in a way where we would in the past have been super sensitive. You know, it's like kind of some sort of opposite well, thing. But both of those things are pretty taxing when it really comes down to it. Well, here's the thing, though, is that you know you're kind of you're hel- you're helping me with my point here is that when you are more connected with your sense impressions, like when you're more connected to your senses, like attuned to what you hear, what you see, what you smell, um, what you're feeling, then you're more present. You're more present in your environment. And the more present, the more we're present in our sense experience, the clearer our thinking can become, the more balanced our emotional life can become and the more efficient and effective our actions can become. And we're different than deer. We're different than deer. We have, we're, 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 we're not deer. I mean, yes, we're, our, our amygdala and other aspects of the brain are scanning for potential threats a, a significant amount of times per second, like a hundred times per second. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our brain is scanning for potential threat. Um, because of exactly what you just stated, you know, there's, there's, you know, we're part of the food chain, right? Mm-hmm. Originally we were part of the food chain. And we still are and, um, fundamentally. And we I mean, still are from a yeah, fundamentally, micro, microbacterial point of view at the very least. Yeah. Or human to human. Right. So, um, oh God, I hope not. Well, I'm, I don't mean it like that, but but well, our biggest threat mostly now is from other humans, right? So, yes, 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 yes. That's true, but not part of the food chain, at least not yet. Or uh, there are some articles right. that suggest that that might be an issue. Oh, God, no, in some parts of the world. Don't bring up another article. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't look that one up. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, we're not quite at the solvent green point yet. So this is like, how are we, how are we nourishing our senses? Are we nourishing it or, or, you know, what are we feeding our senses? Are we feeding it junk food, right? Like, you know, Fox News or any news, any news for the most part, you know, these days, uh, violent movies, uh, mindless dribble. Like, are we, are we feeding the senses with that type of, of stuff? Okay. Or are uh, we feeding the senses with uh, with with nature with nature with beautiful scents and aromas, beautiful things to look at, pleasant sounds, these types of things? Like how are how are we uh, feeding our senses? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge this idea a little bit here, and it's not gonna be as bad as what it was I was thinking before, but it's it's still a little bit dismal. Let's just uh, speculate for a moment that it's possible that because of the increased uh, destruction of the natural world, that 
we see a lot more places that look like the set of a horror film than one might want to admit. In other words, it may be that a significant portion of reality is actually being converted into a horror film. And that, you know, like any species, we seek to adapt ourselves to the environment that's, that's occurring. So if you take a look at what a place like Syria looks like right now, for instance, it's a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. And people are aware of this in various ways. And you, and you could make the case that some people who are really into horror movies are kind of adapting themselves to the conditions that they see coming down the line on some level, you know, and that, that it sort of makes sense in a way because you could see how if unfortunately it goes that way, it would be maladaptive to try to maintain a pleasant environment. <laughs> Why? You know? Why? Why would it be maladaptive to try and maintain a pleasant environment? Because in the it midst would be of destruction. Because it would be like it it would be like um clinging to something that's no longer there in a certain sense. You know, that So I mean, just so just fuck it and just blow it all to hell? Well, the blowing to hell is <laughs> happening like we can't really address that. We don't have the, you know, we can make choices about what we're going to view, but we, we don't get to choose whether or not the powers that be are going to blow things up. They're doing that. Right. But we do get to choose what we, we do get to choose what we, what we want to preserve in this life. Of course, but we, we don't get to actually, we don't get to necessarily preserve it. We can choose what we consider to be of value without a doubt. Right. And then at some point or another, the rubber hits the road where we meet reality and it goes one way or the other. Now, I'm not saying that we necessarily have to go down the road towards everything starting to look like Aleppo. But right. I do believe that there's enough of that kind of thing happening now that it's becoming ever more a reality that a lot of people are having to deal with. So. I think that that needs to be folded into our understanding of what we're doing because there are a lot of people out there with the mindset of that. You know, I think that's one of the problems that people who go to war and try to come back to our society, it's just such an incredibly jarring, fucked up disconnect to come back into a society that's basically like pretending there's nothing really wrong. Uh, I can't get that out of my system. You know, it seems to me, and I, I didn't even go to war. You know, but but to me, it's like this is the the reality of the things that are happening on a huge scale. You know, there have been a number of nations destroyed over the last decade or more, like really destroyed. You know, Libya is completely destroyed. Afghanistan and Iraq are a huge mess. I mean, there's a lot of places that are a mess, but wow. Well, you're, well no, so here's the thing. You're, you're talking about the, the, the infrastructures and whatnot. You go to Afghanistan, there is beautiful mountain ranges. Oh, that's true. Are Absolutely true. That's, so you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about maybe cities and human infrastructures. Well, I'm, but no, I'm because talking. the actions, the, the 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 bombings take place all over the country, so little towns get bombed. All over the country, but there's yeah, sure, but but the 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 reality is still that Afghanistan has absolutely beautiful mountain ranges, absolutely and true, all sorts of incredible nature. 
So Absolutely that's true. But the question is, what is the nature of the consciousness? Because we're talking about psyche now, right? So we've got we're, we haven't gotten the spirit yet, but we're talking about well, the psyche. So if, 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 well, unless I mean, psyche hopefully includes feelings as well. Yeah, exactly. So what are the feelings of the people? Not only the people who suffered the bombing, but the people who recognize what that is, you know, in that region of the world and all the people who, who have suffered around the world as a consequence of these things, you know, that that's like a, a, a very, very deep. Yes. And what I'm, yes, I hear that. And what I'm saying is, is there's a difference. If you take a person and you sit them on, in one of those beautiful mountain ranges, overlooking the beautiful mountains, and just being able to sit there and absorb the beauty of nature. That's what I'm discussing. That's what I'm talking about here. Well, I don't know that Feeding, that would be something that someone in that situation would be inclined to do at this point. You know, it seems to me that, that when <laughs> things are disturbed to this degree, the ability to appreciate that is marred by the, the suffering and and I think really when it comes down to it, the desire for revenge is really probably the main thing that that's going on there. I, I don't know. I, I I think nature is the great healer. I think nature, uh, the power. I, I would never underestimate the power of nature on somebody because we are nature. We are in, we are completely tied to her we are an expression of her and to sit to 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 be able to go to a place that can take your breath away um i would never underestimate the healing potential and power of that opportunity well i think that it would take a a, a pretty extraordinary individual to put aside the loss of family of society, of all the various deprivations that are suffered when a country is torn to shreds, it's, it's not going to be, uh, I, I think it would be very rare that there would be anyone who had gone through that, who would be able to feel a sense that everything had been put right, to be able to, you know, experience more fulfillment in life simply as a result of reconnecting with nature. I don't think that that is something that many, there may be a few, you know, and I think that there is a capacity for forgiveness in the human heart that is beyond what can be uh, believed at times. You know, I've seen uh, parents who have forgiven people who have murdered their children. You know, it's very unusual. I don't think it happens a lot, but it can happen. And it's certainly probably the best outcome. You know, we would, I think, all hope that somehow that would be managed, although it's not for me to even hope that, really, because I wasn't in that situation, you know, and, and it's the country that supposedly I have some say in, although I don't think I really do. You know, I don't think that democracy is really a democracy. It's not a democracy. I wrote a song when we started going to that war called Not Democracy. You can, uh, I'll put a link for it in the show, show notes. And I saw that this is where things were going to go if we allowed the the powers that be take us to war and start bombing countries for no freaking reason at all. But that's what happened, you know, and, and it seemed like it was pretty clear at the time that most Americans did not support it. And I think that 
really probably when it comes down to it, that's been the case ever since. And, and now even more so, you know, so the, the weapons that are being used by this country to destroy other people and other nations, it's really not what the people in this country want, but it's what's happened, you know, and we're talking millions and millions of people's lives. So, oh my God, I know. I'm sorry, Judah. It's gone terribly <laughs> off the rails here. I, I, this is what I, I, I'm just giving you space to vent. No, that's all I'm doing. Just giving you space to vent. <laughs> anyway, okay, so, so we can... Hearing us, everyone hearing everyone understands our position at this point. We can move on to... <laughs> Way off the tracks else. here. <laughs> is there something else that you wanted to say about the, the psyche level, or do you want to move into the spirit here? In terms Let's, of move into the spirit, no. Let's move into the spirit. Let's move into the spirit. <laughs> Everyone's been wondering when the hell we would get there. Get us out of this morass <laughs> of the psyche. You know, the body and the psyche, it's like that's where all the trouble is. That's the whole problem right there. You know, if it weren't for this yep, body and right. if it weren't for this crazy emotional, mental, heart mind thing, we wouldn't have any problems at all. That's why Rudolf Steiner says, uh, disease or illness begins uh its root is in consciousness yeah i thought that was a very interesting observation i remember the first time hearing that going wow that's really quite you know and that that fits in really beautifully with the concept of what do they call like the fallen angels and that whole thing that like basically it's this sort of delusion that the that the elemental personalities of being get involved in where they're enthusiastic mm -hmm. initially, and the next thing you know, they're like completely wrapped up in the drama of it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, too, too, uh, too identified with it, right? Yes, so. identification, I think, is a huge, that's, I think, it goes on the list right now of what we're talking yeah. about. ID. Yeah, too identified. Yes, it's always been interesting so, to me that we have ID, identification, and then we also have the id, which is sort of this like little guy inside of us that just wants to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And it's sort of not really what identity is. I mean, we usually assign identity that's quite different from what the id is, but in a way, who we really are is what the id is. It's just a very bizarre kind of coincidence. Is it a coincidence that ID? Well, well maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't say who we really are. I, I, I would say who I we are pretending to be, who we're pretending to be. Yeah, who we really are. Like, there's like three layers. Here's another three, right? There's like the thing we're pretending to be, which is kind of like identity, right? Personality, you could say. And then we have the id, which is sort of like, the kind of truth of what we want, right? Underlying all of that. And then there's who we really are, which is the I, the spirit that is kind of the universal being, right? Without all right. of that attachment, you know, right. associated. So there's another, right. there's another Trinity in a, in an episode of Trinities. <laughs> We're going to have an episode of Trinities in the future where we talk about nothing but Groups of three. It's going to be amazing. I think that's a great. That's a great idea. That's a really great idea, actually. Okay, it's on the, the threefold order. The threefold nature of life. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. 
So not to bring up any more, um, because because I know where this is going to go with you. I think I have a feeling. Let me not say I know, but I have a feeling. I have I have a perhaps a premonition of where this next <laughs> this next section is going to go with you. Okay, and that Maybe. is in the realm of spirit. You should write it down. Okay, you should so. write it down on the screen in front of you. So I'll see what it is, and then I'll tell the audience. Well, I, I don't know. You I got can, it correct. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can share my screen or not. Of course no? you can. There's a button button at the bottom that says share. But then I'm not sure. How, you know what? Fuck it. Just tell me. Tell me what you're going to tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we can well, do chat here too, though. There's this thing here. Okay. Right, so I can then just uh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, can you see that? Yes, I saw something. Yes. Oh my God! Now I'm seeing your computer. It's amazing. This is yeah. awesome. It's so exciting. This is incredible. We are learning. We are learning. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time okay. that that uh, I connected two computers with a serial cable. And me and a friend were sta- standing in the same room, typing messages to uh, each other, and we were thrilled. <laughs> it was so freaking cool. It's never been as cool since. Uh, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love that you got a jazz out of that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we looking at here? So you're looking at the third level of nutrition. Of, of, of nutrition here for, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So the first level was the body, right? The dense, the most dense uh, or the densest uh, form of food, right? Uh, actual physical food, vegetables, fruits, meats, things like that. You know, uh, all chemical substance reactions require, require, require nutrients, right? Substance matter. The next level was uh, sense experience, uh, so being nourished by our senses. And then uh, on the soul level is what I would say, our realm of our thoughts and feelings, yeah, our will impulses or our psyche. And then the third layer of, of nutrition would be nutrition of the spirit, which I like to call the realm of the heart. And this would be the, the location of where our purpose and our mission in life reside is in the heart. So the heart is the seat of the self, another tricky term we've discussed in the past, but I would say it's the, the realm of the spirit, right? And so what, what research is finding right now is what a profound impact working with the heart has on your entire physiology, specifically getting into something called uh, coherence or heart coherence, which is a state of energy efficiency and flow in which the mind, heart, and emotions are all aligned and in sync with each other. And so this, this state is uh, an incredibly powerful state in the physiology. And what gets us in coherence is positive emotions. Not, so when we cultivate and sustain the felt experience of positive emotions in the heart, like gratitude, appreciation, care, compassion, empathy, devotion, joy. When we cultivate that feeling experience in the heart and are able to sustain it, 
what happens is it brings the body into a state of coherence. And when the mind, heart, and emotions are all aligned and in sync with each other, other systems in the body sync up. The endocrine system syncs up. The immune system syncs up. And what happens is we uh, are able to uh, um, uh, attain more resilience and resilience is the ability to prepare for respond to recover from stress challenge adversity right so it's like kind of like an inner battery so you get greater resilience you get strength and immune function you get more balance in your autonomic nervous system we actually know that the heart is the organ that identifies imbalances in our autonomic nervous system which for those of you who don't know, that's our sympathetic fight, flight, freeze, react, and our parasympathetic, our rest, digest, repair, respond mode. Mm. So, that's interesting. <clears throat> and so when you do this, okay, so now you also get reduced cortisol levels, which means you have reduced stress levels in your physiology, all right? So now, the longer, the more you, do, you practice this and you cultivate these sustained positive emotions, you start to get an overall greater feeling of positivity, optimism, gratitude, calm, peace, relaxation, which you also get an inverse experience of stress, exhaustion, worry, depression, dissatisfaction with life. And the reason why is because coherence is an energy efficient state. It is a state of efficiency. So when we nourish our heart with positive emotions, we can become more receptive to life and our purpose in it, and we can increase our capacity to serve the world with, uh, with efficiency and effectiveness as well. That's my, three, that's my third and final layer of <laughs> nutrition. Okay, so you know what I'm going to say now, right? <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna be the counterbalance to the optimism <laughs> uh well not quite yeah i mean so what what was your okay. what were you thinking what was your feeling of what what my response would be to this section well that there's a lot of tricky terms in here like spirit and location in the heart and purpose and mission <laughs> yes <laughs> So. Yes. I mean, I, I think what I would say is that what you're really talking about here from the way that I understand it is you're talking about the psyche still. All of these things are mm. ways of, of resolving the uh, discordancies within the psyche. Because they are, but you're, but you're using the strength of the heart, which is really the seat of the self. So you're using the most spiritual organ in the body. Really. From my point of view, the, the strength in the spirit is in relinquishing. There, there's, mm -hmm. there is no striving. There is accepting. It has mm -hmm. no, uh, and, and many of the things that you describe, I think, are actually a result of that process. But I don't think it, it really has much to do with purpose and mission. I think that, that, in a sense, what you're doing is you're placing your life in God's hands. You're placing your existence in God's hands. You're absorbing into the void, comfort with nothingness, accepting the impermanence of all things. And that could be your purpose and mission in life. It could be your purpose and mission in life. 
but you don't know what your purpose and mission in life is in, in life is. And that's one of the things to let go of as well. So it could be a process that would in some way or another make you more or less fit for whatever your purpose and mission is in life. But who are we to really determine what our purpose and mission is in life? I mean, we of course have things that we would like to do. We would like to see things accomplished and we would like to put our energy towards them, but we don't really fundamentally get to know whether or not those things are fulfilled. Some people will tell us that they are I, and other people I, I, will I, know. So I would we, say, I would say, who are we to not know? Who are we to not know what our purpose and mission is in life? We are, we are well, children. We, of, yes, we're children. We are children, children, don't know. Of, children don't know. <laughs> children have no freaking clue. You know, I, I think that what, what you're expressing there, when you say who, are we to not know is yes, of course, there is the striving for and realizing some kind of sense of self-determination that is essential to, I'm going to say the human experience, because I think maybe it's less of an issue with other creatures, but it's probably there to some extent, but we all have this sense of wanting to fulfill purpose. And, you know, a lot of times it's associated with some sort of biological imperative or, you know, ideological goals and what have you. But fundamentally, there's so many instances where you see that it just doesn't quite go the way (laughs) it was intended to, you know. So, having that kind of final sense of what it is that we're actually doing in this life, I think is an act of hubris. And that's why I believe that the bottom line is that we have to trust, we have to have faith that by handing ourselves over to something larger, because we are just children, we are just mere mortals, right? We're tiny little creatures on a tiny thin surface of a tiny planet around a tiny sun. Because our star <laughs> comparatively, you know, and whether something is bigger means that it's more or whatever, that doesn't matter. The point is just that there is so much going on. We're really not capable of making a determination as to what it's all adding up to. So in many respects, we do our best, which is what covers the whole psychic realm that you're discussing here. We do the best to do the best in our lives, to make a really good effort of it. And at the same time, we have to acknowledge that we really are freaking ignorant of, of the big picture. And we are, in many respects, in the hands of forces that are far beyond anything we could comprehend. That's where I think the spiritual domain is, is in that latter self, self-renunciation side. And I think that most of what you're talking about here with the heart and the mind is, is a psyche. But, you know, part of this is a discussion about categorization. So it's all open to interpretation. But then you would have to add another category <laughs> for the, for the uh, relinquishing, you know, that the, the place behind all of the intention. There's a lot of intention mm. described here. Like we want to feel better, of course. Everyone wants to feel good and unified and all like well put together in the whole deal. And it makes sense to try to achieve that if possible. But I think that the, quite often that is simply not a possibility. And I'm, I'm not going to harp on it, but I think the examples that were provided earlier is pretty stark when you think about what's the internal being of someone whose entire society has been ripped apart by smart bombs and drones. It's like you're not going to be able, very, very few are going to be able to 
just go, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to get beyond everything that's happened here. And I'm going to Mm -hmm. reconnect with the fundamental essence of spirit. And I don't know what the plan is, but I'm going to place faith. It's, it's like, okay, I'm sure there are some who, who can do that, but I don't think it's going to be easy for, for many. It doesn't seem like that would be a, a plan of action that, you know, if, if you were going to go and treat people in Libya and see if you could assist them, I have a hard time imagining that that would really do the trick. You, you know, uh, I love you. I love that you pick really extreme situations. <laughs> well, the problem is that they're real. Like it's, we're not living in them by the yes, grace of God. They are, but they, they are, they are real, but they're not, you know, to the average person who's going to be listening to this podcast, they, they, they have absolutely zero capacity to, to not capacity, but what would I say? Um, there's very little connection to that. Well, right, that's, in this that's, country. The, that's why yeah. part of the reason why I think that needs to be discussed. I think we should all feel a very deep connection with it. It's, it's, I, and I, and I, and I agree. Um, and there's also, you know, that, that, and I would imagine that many sickness, people do. Soul, I, I wouldn't be so quick to assume that, that people don't feel a deep connection with it. I think that probably there are well, some who don't, but I do think that, that, and I would imagine that anyone who's patient enough to listen to us talk. <laughs> might might be uh, more the type of person who who has given this some real thought because it um, is a huge factor in 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 everyone's life on this planet. You know, all all the biomass on this planet right now is suffering from the reality of the things that are being done to it, and whether that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That it, means, the soul sickness on this planet is so great that it's paralyzing. Yes. So what we don't need is is more people paralyzed who who don't feel like they can uh that they that they don't have a purpose and a mission in life. Right. We need yeah, people I, I we no need people we we need people that are going I've got a purpose, I have a gift and I want to serve the world. That's what we need. I want to serve the world. I want to make the world a better place. That's tricky. I understand. We can dive into the topic of intention right there, right? And we, yeah, I know I how you are with with that. But anytime, the reality anytime is, anytime anyone we, says "I wanna," as soon as someone goes "I right. want," it's like, okay, well, what is it? It's uh, you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Sure, but the reality is, is that 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 we as a planet need people to wake up to their gift for God-given gifts in this life and serve this world right now. That's well, if what you're it. trying to tell me is that people could do better things with their lives. You have no argument from me whatsoever. When I see some of the yes. things people choose to do, I think it is really true, truly tragic in, in the circumstance that we're in. Absolutely. So God Absolutely. willing, we might see that turn around somehow. I don't know how, because I do think that people are entranced by these, what is it in, in Westworld? There's these violent delights have violent endings. It's something like that. It's a key mm-hmm. phrase that's repeated. And it's like, yeah, people are taking delight in these spectacles of violence. And it's freaking horrifying. I mean, I was horrified by Westworld yeah. and it was a really intelligent program, but it was season two sucked. Uh, although I think there is some intelligence behind it, and I do think it's basically the work of the devil. Uh, really unfortunate. 
really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I think so I'm, I'm yeah. feeling, how do we, I'm balance? feeling it's like, that's really the basic question. How do we balance in this yeah. unbalanced world? That's right. That's right. How do we maintain resilience in the face of imbalance? And how do we deal with a, a balancing approach that doesn't push against the thing that's off balance? You know, that's one of the biggest right. problems is that there's a tendency to right. want to go the other way from the bad shit that's happening. And it seems like right. on a fundamental, it, it, it's like it goes against the laws of nature to try to achieve something in that manner. Like I, I'm kind of interested. Oh, now my dogs are making a terrible noise. Okay. Can you hear that? <laughs> I can. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling like I th I'm feeling like we're at a wrap here. I had one more thing I wanted to say, and if I could remember what it is, I'll. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think I do remember what it is. I got distracted. I feel like my bladder is at a wrap here. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember what I was going to say. I'm going to make it really quick. Oh, so, good, good, good. There's this, there's this new idea in physics about how the universe works. It's called quantized inertia. I may have spoken about it briefly. Oh, and one you of the spoke about it in your article. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of the things about it is that it suggests the possibility of a thrustless drive, which basically means you could accomplish movement without force in the normal sense of the word force without pushing against uh -huh. something what you'd be doing uh -huh. is you're creating an emptiness and that's the the motivation for the force you create an emptiness that you then move towards and that's why i think there's a a basic spiritual principle at play in the philosophy that's beautiful you know so that's why i associate the spirit domain with emptiness it's about letting mm -hmm. go of our desires of our aspirations and even our idea of who we are and what our gifts are and what we're here to do all of the you know kind of sense of purpose and mission and what have you and that's where the real presence is to get back to that first trinity because the real presence is in absolving ourselves of the burden of all of those objects that we've created in our mind to try to figure this thing out now, I'm not saying that that's like where we need to be all the time or anything like that, but I'm saying that that is, for me, what the spiritual domain consists of, is that emptiness, and that it informs the psyche, and that also informs the body, that there's this kind of, I would say that really there's a spirit-psyche connection, and there's a psyche-body connection, but there really oh, yeah. isn't a yeah, spirit-body yeah. connection. The spirit, no, the psyche is the psyche is definitely the intermediate between the two. Yes, and that that would be energy, right? So energy in in the article is the is the interface between consciousness and what you might call its surroundings, consciousness surroundings, the which is made up of networks of other consciousness. That's the concept there. But you could call it matter because from the point of view of consciousness, it's just the stuff that's out there, right? And then the relationship right. between it is mediated by energy. And you could say that what happens in, in our consciousness is that when we're engaged in the psyche, we're spending energy. We're trying to basically navigate the objects in the heart mind. 
and mm, mm-hmm. and bring them to some kind of resolution so that we can solve the dilemma that we're in because of the body that we're in right right and that the spirit is a rest from all that shit it's like okay yes these things are of concern to you but guess what <laughs> you know it's not the whole picture and you're not going to be able to figure it out there are limits. We're mere mortals. You know, we are right. having to place right. our lives and our faith and our understanding even into the realm of things that are beyond our knowing, beyond our understanding, which coincidentally is going to be the subject of a forthcoming article on my medium channel. Oh, the, I like the, that. The categories of knowing. Hmm. It's, uh, I'm not going to get into it now, but I could say that it was inspired yeah. by Donald Rumsfeld <laughs> that's been kicked around a lot. Oh. That's kind of a, a incomplete oh. picture of what is a really useful and complete picture. You never know where things are going to come from. Sometimes some really useful things come from some sources that you just uh, don't want to have anything to do with, but you know, it might actually be really interesting to sit down and have a discussion with Donald Rumsfeld. I bet that would be super interesting, you know, and I would would be fascinating. I would certainly, I would be, uh, you know, I am not a fan. I think he's a war criminal, but I would be very interested to, to talk with him. But I just think in general, it's, there are a lot of people who are not what we would hope for in, in the world and yet we can learn a lot from them in various ways. So I think it's, it's good to keep an open mind and open heart, an open heart mind to all kinds of people. So I like listening to people who I disagree with and who I, I think are wrong. Quite often they'll say things that I just never would have thought of if I hadn't listened to them. So I'm a big fan of that. That's, I think actually maybe in some ways it's a pretty good rule for negotiating the information highways and and this kind of perpetual environment if you do have some control over your information stream have it play you some stuff that you don't like like listen to things that you don't <laughs> want to hear you know true check in with people yeah. who you who you would never in a million years listen to like the one that is at the bottom of your list put them at the top and just see what it is that they're on about cuz sometimes it's surprising and if there are, if after like 20 minutes or a half hour, it's just intolerable. Well, go find someone else who you can't stand and listen to them. <laughs> okay, go take a piss. And um, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I hope I wasn't too much of a bummer. And um, and let's see, whether, let's see whether anything got recorded because God knows it may just yeah. be wash. In that case, it was a great That's conversation. Right. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, throw us a bone by subscribing to this channel, visiting our social media pages, and hitting the various like, love, and clap buttons. We welcome all comments, criticisms, and random thoughts. Our email is silentassembly at protonmail.com. And if you want to be an angel, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash silentassembly. We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, 
turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home.